Welcome to the Marketing Society podcast. I'm your host today, Alastair Hall-Jones, Global Director at the Society, and I'm delighted to be joined by two inspiring leaders, Katerina Schumacher, partner at McKinsey, and Steve Chaluma, General Manager of Birdseye. Katerina, over to you to give a brief introduction. Thank you, Alistair. And thank you for having me. And thank you, Steve, for joining us here. So I'm a partner in the Munich office. Um, I serve my clients on all topics on digital growth and digital sales. Um, and of course, sustainability is a key topic we um, increasingly talk about, right? And that's why I'm very excited to be here, here uh, today with Steve. And uh, Steve, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, Katharina, and uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. So I'm Steve. I'm the general manager for the Birdseye UK and Ireland business. So Birdseye is the leading frozen food business in, in the UK and Ireland. And we, we have fantastic brands such as Birdseye, Goodfellas and Aunt Bessie's. And I've been in the business uh, for 25 years in a range of uh, marketing and commercial roles. Great to meet you. Thank you very much. So now let's uh, jump right in. We have many questions here uh, today. So let me just uh, kick it off uh, with a very simple one, uh, but maybe the answer is not so simple. So sustainability um, means different things for different people and companies, right? And how do you define sustainability for you at Birdseye? Yes. Well, fundamentally, uh, it's about understanding the holistic impact that we have as a business on society and on the environment. And being a a food business, we need to be mindful of the way that we source and make our food and the solutions that we and the choices in terms of health that we offer to consumers. So our, our focus is on uh, is actually on offering consumers a sustainable diet because the healthiest diets are often the most environmentally sustainable. So our, our philosophy is what's good for you, what's good for me, should also be good uh, for the planet. And uh, that's a deep responsibility that we feel given the scale that we have. So you know, every single day, uh, millions of households serve and eat the food we make. So if I just take the UK, there's 4 million meals mm -hmm. uh, a day in the UK feature our food. And it's not, it's not the peripheral food. It's not a sauce or a condiment. It's the actual center of the plate. It's the fish. Mm -hmm. It's a pizza. It's, it's the vegetables. And, uh, you know, it's, and, and they're at the center of everyday meals, of everyday family conversations. So mm -hmm. it's a huge privilege to play that role as a, as a business and, and as a collection of brands in consumers' lives. But with that privilege comes a very big responsibility as well to do the right thing, given the impact that we have. And given that we know the world is changing uh, around us every day. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And it sounds like you have embraced sustainability because of that reason, probably. You have embraced sustainability early because some companies are a bit later to jump on that train, right? So can you tell us a little bit about the journey you've been on and why did you first embrace it and um, how, maybe also a little, talk a little bit about how sustainability has evolved for you? Of course. So Birdseye uh, embraced sustainably, sustainability excuse me, decades ago, even if at the time we might not have consciously described it as such. Mm -hmm. And But the, the origins are very much that we realized early on 
that when you're sourcing from nature, you need to respect and protect it. Okay, so even even before considering the currently discussed issues around protecting the planet and you know plastics or whatever it is, the origins of our sustainability approach were fundamentally about business continuity mm. and looking after almost like looking after the hand that feeds you. So you know what we realised very early on in our existence actually is it's 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 existential it's an existential reality for us so for example if you're not sourcing fish in a sustainable way from fisheries that aren't well managed that aren't allowing fish stocks to replenish in a manner that ensures healthy stocks into the future you won't have any fish to sell eventually yeah, exactly. and you can actually no longer serve consumers you don't actually have a business Similarly, if you're growing peas, peas is our biggest uh, the vegetable that we grow, mm -hmm. and we grow them all in the UK, or any mm -hmm. other vegetable. If you're not farming to practice uh, to practices that respect soils, ecosystems, and that encourage biodiversity, and you don't take steps to make sure that you kind of keep the nutrients in the soil, you're going to deliver eventually far lower yields. So it's quite fundamental. It, 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 it actually starts with our our existence and having a has having a sustainable business so there's not i don't i don't think there's any moment where we've like had an aha uh, uh at certain point it's someone that's something that's always been there as a focus but to your question as time has evolved mm -hmm. it's become a much broader uh topic not just concern you know whereas historically our focus has been on how we source but it's become a much broader and more complex understanding the impact you have on society and the environment so whether it concerns the nutritional impact of your products packaging and recyclability food waste the carbon impact that you have over a life cycle from farm to fork it's it's proliferated and evolved as a focus and also from a stakeholder perspective it's 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 kind of grown and and continue to have a much broader impact so uh, whereas when we started, it was about business continuity. Now mm -hmm. we know consumers are increasingly making decisions about what brands they choose based on sustainability factors and the impact on the planet. Investors are making portfolio choices, investment choices based on ESG ratings. Mm -hmm. The government is introducing a whole range of legislation, in particular in the UK, around We've just had the plastic tax, for example, or high high fat sugar salt legislation, which impact your ability to trade. Mm -hmm. And then finally, your employees as well. So they increasingly are becoming values driven and will take factors such as the impact uh, that you're having on the planet in making their career choices. So it becomes it's gone from a one dimensional thing to become very all uh, encompassing, actually. Yeah. So thank you for that. That makes a lot of sense. And it's very consistent with the, so McKinsey is doing a lot of consumer research on the topic since many years already. And what we see is exactly what you're saying. Consumers not only demanding more sustainable products, but also becoming more demanding in what they're asking from companies, also in terms of communication, right? How do you communicate that a product is sustainably sourced to your customers and how can they trust in what you're yes. saying? And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges nowadays, right? 
It, it definitely is. I mean, it's 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 both a challenge, but it's also an opportunity, because actually, uh, you know, for many years, there's a lot of things that we've been doing for the for, for business reasons, continuity reasons, mm -hmm. and 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 all around making the right choices and doing the right thing, um, but not really talking about them or. Uh, making that explicit uh, to to consumers or external stakeholders. So actually, the environment for a business like ours, where we have, you know, we have a purpose, which is all around serving the world with better food. Okay, which has different aspects to it, but a core aspect is we call eating for the planet. And mm -hmm. actually, the the current context that we we're in gives us a great opportunity to leverage uh, what we do, and you know that can actually potentially give us a competitive advantage. Uh, mm -hmm. because consumers pay more for, for brands like Birdseye and they expect more from you and, and, and therefore we can, we can leverage uh, some of the benefits um, that the category and the brands offer in that respect. And um, now I think this leads me uh, to my next question here. So your website lists a number of ambitious targets that you have publicly communicated that you want to achieve by 2025. So this includes targets around sustainable seafood and vegetables, um, recyclable consumer packaging, no artificial flavors and colors. Um, how did you implement these goals and when, and how difficult was it internally to get agreement on those? We, 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 we've had targets for a long time, but it was about five years ago that we launched the, the targets that, you, you, that we brought it all together if you like, in a mm -hmm. coordinated kind of sustainability report that we've, we now issue every single year. We've just um, published our 2021 impact report and that mm -hmm. measures our progress against the targets that we've set that you mentioned. Um, there've been no internal pushbacks because it's, it's been something always so embedded in the business anyhow and that we'd already, already been making progress against. But the target setting and the way that we've laid it out has kind of codified, if you like, and brought together those broad set of initiatives uh, as one. So, you know, for example, there's a business where the, 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 the biggest purchaser of Marine Stewardship Council, uh, mm -hmm. fish, sustainable fish in, globally. And we've been moving towards a target of 100% for many years now, which we've achieved in the UK now. So th therefore, you know, having those targets and being visible helps helps hold ourselves to account actually mm -hmm. about the commitments we make. And we're very transparent. You know, some in some we're on target, some we're ahead, and some we're not there yet. But you know, it's important to be transparent. It's also important to recognise that sustainability is still an evolving theme. So as we understand how the sustainability landscape is evolving we 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 evolve the targets as well so for example just to give you an example of that in 2020 we joined the global ghost gear initiative now what that is it's the world's largest alliance committed to tackling the problem of lost abandoned or discarded fishing gear you know that gets lost in the ocean and then can damage the marine environment and that you know that causes us to order our supply chain and you know be confident that the source the seafood that we source is 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 low or medium risk of, of gear loss um, and therefore impact on marine environments uh, in 2021 uh, our company was included in the dow jones 
sustainability index for the first time, which which mm -hmm. was a testament to our performance, but also gave another marker in terms of for the investment community. So it kind of it's something that we've we've set our own internal targets, but you know it kind of extends as we also form partnerships with different ex external uh, bodies in areas where our um, business has an impact. Mm. And how do you communicate these targets to your customers? Yes, well, I think that has a couple of different dimensions because, you know, we have, there are customers in terms of retail customers mm -hmm. and, then, and then there's the shopper and the consumer as well. Mm -hmm. So when it, when it comes to retail customers, you know, so for our, in our example, the grocery multiple retailers like Tesco, Sainsbury, Asda, etc., they have their own sustainability uh, kind of initiatives and goals and uh, so we, we you know we we're in very active dialogue with them around you know not only aligning objectives with theirs but also looking for opportunities where we can work together to to uh, address our own collective impact so for example mm -hmm. The way logistics and transport works, you know, we can talk about how we share trucks for different backhaul. We, we've just launching initiative where we're fitting 48 pallets on a on a truck rather than 24, you know, mm -hmm. in a doubled layer, and that halves the carbon impact of a trip from A to B. So there's mm -hmm. lots which which actually brings cost benefits as well. So there's there's on the one level the retailer uh, customer, and then there's the consumer. Now on the consumer side. It's a complex topic, right? So you can't, we need to be thoughtful of how we communicate. And I don't know that many consumers are looking, you know, seeking out, you need to be available in terms of make the information transparent and available, but they're not necessarily looking out for specific uh, measures. Mm -hmm. um, so what our responsibility and opportunity therefore is to bring to life those sustainability messages in an engaging way. So what we do is invest in campaigns across our brands um, to bring to life and, and to make it interesting and exciting. So a great example of that we've, we've actually just launched now, we call the, the Peas for Bees uh, campaign, mm -hmm. which is focusing on biodiversity. And that's mm -hmm. running across all the consumer touch points, TV, digital, PR, in-store, on pack. And it aims to educate consumers on the importance of sourcing vegetables sustainably and biodiversity, but also giving opportunities uh, for consumers to get involved as well. So what we're doing in that in this example is offering the shoppers the opportunity to win uh, one of 20,000 seed boxes, okay, that they can take uh, support biodiversity in their their green spaces. So these seeds. They plant them in their garden. It creates a little wildflower garden that will attract bees and butterflies uh, to enhance the environment. And that's mm -hmm. a great way to, to engage families and children in the, in the topic. So you need to find these ways um, to, to make it interesting and to bring to life in a, in a kind of a creative way. And, uh, and, you know, that also helps build the emotional connection that consumers have with the, with the business. You know, all of a sudden, a pack of peas, frozen peas, takes on new meaning and uh, becomes quite an emotional thing. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much for this example. I really like it. So I think in this context, when you communicate to the end consumer, there's also this aspect of having savvy consumers that are increasingly quick to call out corporate greenwashing on social media, right? And I think there are plenty of examples in the last years um, where that has happened. 
Um, how difficult do you find it to communicate on the right levels, right? And how important is it also to communicate the fact that you are not just talking the walk, um, uh, yeah. sorry, talking the talk, but walking the walk? Of course. Well, I think that's where the importance of, of, of targets comes in and, and importantly also of independent verification. So it's not just you saying what you're doing, but a third party is, you know, whether it's a, an organization like the Dow Jones or, or, or the Marine Stewardship Council and many others are actually mm -hmm. uh, who don't have a vested, you know, commercial interest can, can look at your activities. But, you know, in today's modern society, you get found out, right? So it's important to be genuine in your efforts to improve your sustainability credentials. And at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words, mm -hmm. uh, which is why the commitments that we make are visible and transparent and we report against them. And, uh, and you know, that, that gives that platform for, for trust. And, you know, we all know that trust is built over a long period of time, right? And it doesn't take, it only takes one misstep to lose that trust. Mm -hmm and you lose a lot of the value in the business. So it's something we need to take very seriously. Uh, we have a very strong governance process around the sustainability choice and checks and controls to, because mm -hmm. it, it becomes a bit of a risk management thing as much as anything else. Um, but it, you know, we, these, some of these choices we make, they, they, they cost money, right? It doesn't, it costs, it costs to uh, have Marine Stewardship Council fish. You have an eco label, you pay a royalty, but you know, you need to go to that length uh, to give the consumer confidence that they're, they're doing the right thing and that, you know, backed up by you doing the right thing. So uh, just interested how, um, how are you making sure that your employees are also informed about what you're doing? Like, how do you, have a communication internally and um, I think in this context we are also seeing many companies that make purpose like the core of their growth strategy right so um, uh, can you talk a little bit about um, whether this purpose is also and sustainability is a purpose for bird's eye and um, also how this how you communicate to your employees and how you inf in, in, involve your employees in this yeah I mean it's 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 pretty It's pretty fundamental, to be honest. Um, I mean, as, as I mentioned, our, our purpose is around serving the world with better food. We launched that maybe about four or five years ago. We didn't necessarily have an explicitly defined corporate purpose before. And when we developed that, it kind of clicked. It kind of, it was always there latent, but it really, the words that we used really mm -hmm. codified that, that kind of essence. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty deeply embedded in what, in what we do and why people work here and why people choose to stay working here mm. as well. Right. So people in the business are incredibly proud of the, for example, the nutritional impact of our products. So, you know, over 90% of our portfolio is in what we call healthy meal choices, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's food that actually in the UK and other countries across Europe, people aren't eating enough of. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. not eating enough vegetables. We talk in the UK about five a day. You should be getting mm -hmm. five a day fruit and vegetables. And we're nowhere near that. It's like three, three, three point five or what or what have you. And that's a brilliant commercial mission to have. Mm -hmm. You know, that actually our mission is to 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 serve the nation with more vegetables, to try and encourage children to uh, eat more vegetables. And that's something that really motivates people, you know, to get up in the morning and have that as your 
as as your purpose of mission there's not there's which is good not only good for nutrition you know nutrition and the na- the health of the nation but is also great for the environment our our portfolio choices that we make are geared around our purpose so mm-hmm. we really push our healthy categories our innovation is very much geared around around health as well so we our major innovation innovation focus at the moment is on a platform called green cuisine which is a launch into the pro the plant protein space right so it's trying to encourage you know more those people who are either vegan or or more likely for for bird's eye looking to reduce their milk their their meat consumption and give them options you know not just fish fingers but we offer fishless fingers not just mm-hmm. chicken nuggets but uh, chicken free nuggets and mm-hmm. or bur- or meat free burgers right so it's actually it goes through the business it's in our strategy our portfolio choices and it's an easy it's an easy story to sell yeah. <laughs> you know doing the and and it's increasingly um becoming a way to attract you know talent to the business so we we bring it to life we celebrate key moments so you know when every year when it's the beginning of the pea harvest in the uk in 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 york in in yorkshire uh in in june we celebrate that as a business and people our staff go and you know go on the on the pea viners and see the peas being frozen in two and a half hours and all the goodness and all the rest of it so we just we use employee engagement programs but it's just so deeply it's not something we need to work particularly hard at because it's so ingrained in our brands and what we do understand thank you um now is your commitment to doing the right thing being rewarded by increased growth i i I really really believe it is i mean it's it's part of our total value proposition that we offer as a brand right Uh, as as mentioned earlier uh, consumers pay a premium and you know what sourcing the right way um, and making products in the right way ultimately also has an Im- an impact on quality, on the quality, sourcing the best ingredients from the most mm-hmm. sustainable sources. So what we talk about very much is the stars aligning for the category and for mm-hmm. our for our brands uh, in terms of a fertile context in which to operate. So by focusing on sustainability, we can really amplify some of those benefits of the brand. Mm-hmm. So one of the the best one of the best examples, I think, is in the area of food waste. Mm-hmm. OK, so when I started in the business, no one really spoke about food 25 years ago. No one really sp- mm-hmm. spoke or cared about food waste as much. Right. But now it's a massive topic and consumers have really clicked in terms of the inherent benefits of freezing. Right. It locks in the goodness. And, you know, if you've got vegetables, you know, it's one of the biggest sources of waste when you buy vegetables or spinach or whatever. And then it goes you don't use it in time. and You throw it away. So so actually having those benefits sustainability benefits come to the fore and and selling them actually helps to drive growth it can be a growth factor now of course it's not the it can't be the only factor you still Mm -hmm. need to get the other fundamentals right in terms of you know that your portfolio offering the quality the convenience the, the, the the availability so being focused on sustainability alone but it kind of supercharges i would say everything else that that, that you do that you do and reinforces and and uh, and builds that trust and of course there's the opposite which is if you don't focus on it you risk damaging the trust and exactly. it's a protective exactly. aspect as well that makes a lot of sense thank you now let me come to my last question for today now okay. um what advice would you have uh, to your peers who were late to embrace sustainability 
Well, I can't, I mean, given what an important topic it is, I can't imagine there are too many brands who aren't making some sort of step towards in, in improving their sustainable sustainability credentials because it's such an important part of today's society and an and important purchase consideration and, and, and being a, a responsible business that takes into consideration all stakeholders is coming mm -hmm increasingly important that said if, if you're not it's not well my 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 uh my advice would be it's never too late and the earliest you start the earlier you can make a difference so i'd urge all listening to do their utmost to embrace making changes for their businesses for their benefit of the planet and for future generations and really understanding you know what what commitments or pledges you can make uh, that tally with your brand and your brand purpose and offering because actually if you do it in the right way it can lead to new business opportunities so don't don't think of it as something that you need to do just to tick a box of sustainability but you know how can it actually have an impact and transform your business and bring you a competitive advantage actually so it's not just about doing the right thing which is the foundation but it's actually like an enlightened self-interest uh, that yeah. can bring uh, success and commercial benefits. Then if you get that sweet spot, then it's, that's, that's, that's perfect. So my, my uh, colleagues at the Sustainability Practice at McKinsey have just re recently written an article that was titled Playing Offense on Sustainability. And I think that's exactly what you're trying to yeah. say, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Um, we're at the end. Um, thank you, Steve, so much. This was really great and very inspiring. And I hand it over to you, Alistair. Brilliant. Thank you, Steve and Katerina, for joining us for this episode. Lovely chatting, some really fascinating examples uh, from you, Steve. Um, listeners, please feel free to carry on the conversation online. Do get in touch with the Society if you'd like to ask questions or, or love to uh, add, anything, add anything to this topic. Thanks a lot. <laughs>